Welcome to the Michigan Opportunity, an economic development podcast featuring candid conversations with business leaders across Michigan. You'll hear firsthand accounts from Michigan business leaders and innovators about how the state is driving job growth and business investment, supporting a thriving entrepreneurial ecosystem, building vibrant communities, and helping to attract and retain one of the most diverse and significant workforces in the nation. Hello, I'm your host, Ed Clementi, and today we're very fortunate to have Jeff Dinafrio, President and Chief Executive Officer for the Business Leaders for Michigan. Welcome to the show, Jeff. Thanks for having me on, Ed. It's all right. Uh, I think I interviewed you once before, so this is uh, this is a double pleasure to have you once again with another podcast. Um, anyway, you know, I, I would imagine that a lot of people, you know, I think folks who have been around the economic development world and just the business world are familiar with the business leaders from Michigan. But, you know, we're not always sure, you know, a lot of people listen to these podcasts and they have a long shelf life. What do you tell people what the business leaders from Michigan are? Just so if you met them, someone who never heard of it before. Sure. So, you know, business leaders from Michigan is Michigan's business roundtable. It is comprised of the most senior executives of Michigan's largest companies and universities. Um, we're dedicated to making Michigan a top 10 state, right? For jobs, for personal income, for uh, a healthy economy. Uh, the organization was started um, back as Detroit Renaissance. So it was really focused originally uh, decades ago on just the Detroit region, but really evolved into a statewide organization over the last decade. And I know that, uh, I don't know what the number is, but I think you have quite a few board members, correct? <laughs> yeah, we have uh, around 86 companies and about 95 board members. And and that is, you know, if anyone, they can look it up, but that really is the geography of Michigan, isn't it? I mean, you've got them everywhere in the state. Yeah, it's across Michigan. Of course, it's concentrated really uh, across Metro Detroit and maybe the west side Grand Rapids area of Michigan. Um, but really, our members represent about 40 percent of the state's private sector economy. They have about a half a million direct jobs that, uh, that they uh, people they employ and, and jobs they control. And they generate about a trillion dollars in revenue, um, which is a big part of our GDP here in the state. And people will go, how did you get this job, Jeff? But what I would ask them or tell them is you started out. I mean, I think people don't really know, but I'll give a couple of things. But I think people forget sometimes, too, that John Dingle probably was your biggest foundation. Wouldn't you think so? And helping you meet these kind of business leaders and community leaders. Oh, yeah. You know, what I learned working for Congressman Dingle for almost eight years was, you know, the intersection between government and and really industry and business and how, you know, the best solutions really involve everybody coming to the table, finding a compromise and moving forward. And so I was in contact with uh, with a lot of different companies as a congressional staffer, both in D.C. and locally in Michigan. And we did great things. We built wildlife refuges for, uh, you know, uh, downriver and uh, Detroit. We did things like uh, build greenways and, you know, help just really create a business environment that was conducive to growth. And, and not only conducive to growth, but I think Congressman Dingell was also smart enough to understand that there's a balance between quality of life and economic development. And I don't think people always see that, you know, that's a big picture concept, I think, for folks. But I think you do that in your current job, too. 
right? Yeah. You know, what's becoming more and more apparent is that quality of life is uh, a piece of the business environment and an important one. Placemaking, trying to make sure that uh, people are attractive and want to stay in a community is, is critical uh, because talent right now is, is at a premium. We know that there's talent shortages uh, across the U.S. and, and really globally. Uh, but, you know, what uh, our members tell us is they struggle every day, uh, you know, to find individuals to fill jobs and to keep individuals in, in Michigan. I, it's not unique to just Michigan, but it's, it's something that I think local leaders, state leaders, we have to be cognizant of how we make sure that Michigan is a good place both to work, but also to live. Yeah. And, and that's a, probably another sort of a big chunk of your background, I think, was also that you also worked on workforce boards, not only for uh, the mayor of Detroit, but also for Governor Whitmer as well. And and I, you also had a job with Ford Motor Company. And I would imagine talent sort of played a central theme in a lot of those positions, I would guess. Yeah, it's, it's funny. Mary Barra, who's, of course, the CEO of GM and a board member of ours, uh, spoke at a recent uh, board meeting that we had. And she said, you know, my HR people say the talent war is over and talent won. Uh you know, it's it, it is really all about talent right now, and, and, and it you know it, it's always been about talent, but even more so today, where talent can be mobile um, as hybrid approaches to work, as remote work uh, continues to become a, a bigger piece of the economy and, and an option for more workers. Uh, you know, they can work from anywhere. So I have friends, I have uh, I have certain a- anecdotal stories of people moving to Michigan, moving to Traverse City, Grand Rapids, Detroit during the pandemic because they could work from anywhere. Um, we'd love to keep them here and we'd love to attract a heck of a lot more. Yeah. And, and I think too, that, um, you know, the, the two things for talent are usually skills and competencies. And I think as we move further into this new era, new economy is competencies are playing a bigger role, sometimes even more than skills to keep people because they got to be able to adapt to a lot of different evolving environments all the time. That's right. You know, really quantifying the the competencies of an individual and the competencies needed in a job. You know, so this is two part, which is employers really need to figure out, do I really need a four year degree? Do I really need a master's degree for that job I'm advertising for? Or do I need a certain set of competencies which I can determine a, a, a candidate has in some other way because they've had the experience or I can you know provide them a test or something like that? Um, that's, I think, the future of HR recruiting and, and workforce. Um, you know, I think it's going to be something that we see evolve within our educational systems, too. But I, I will say two other things. It's still really critically important that people get post-secondary, post-high school credentials. So uh, a two-year degree, a four-year degree, an apprenticeship, some sort of high-quality certification. You know, it is very, very much correlated to a state's per capita GDP, their household income, uh, you know, the percent of people in poverty with the education rate of that state. So in Michigan, for instance, the percent of people with a higher education degree or certificate, 35, uh, we're, we're 35th. Um, we have 49% of, of individuals with um, a uh, post-secondary credential. Poverty rate in Michigan is 34th. GDP, we're, we're 36th. 
Median household income, we're 35th. So you can see we're right in line you know, with that education rate. So if we can move the education rate, if we can get people more credentials uh, and, and better skills, it's going to you know, result in an increase in income for families. Uh, it's going to result in a uh, decrease in poverty, and it's going to help Michigan's economy grow. Yeah, I would even say you know, the, the more education or the more skill sets people get, it takes care of a lot of other tertiary issues without necessarily being its primary intention. So, I mean, you know, because as you remember, I used to be a trustee for uh, Wayne County Community College, and we know how important it was for someone who didn't have the right kind of tools to all of a sudden get a degree or a skill set because it would change their entire life pattern at that point. Yeah, you're, you're less exposed to unemployment, to recession, to automation with the higher your uh, your education level is. But, you know, let me just make the, the second point of that, which is skills are really important in making sure that people have, have the right uh, credentials, they have the right degrees, all those types of things, really critically important. But it is almost as, as important or more important to remove barriers to work. And that was something I did when I ran workforce development in the city of Detroit a lot, right? We, we had to look at not just how do you put someone into the right training, but it's how do you make sure that they can get a job and keep a job? Um, how do you make sure that they have the transportation and that they have the childcare, that they have, you know, the wraparound support services that if, if a life event happens, you know, a parent goes in the hospital, um, you know, something happens with, uh, with a car or, or a child, that they can overcome that, stay employed and continue to move on a career pathway. What we saw in this state, and I think in this country during the COVID pandemic was that women with children left the workforce at a much higher rate than men with children and that with anybody uh, you know, in, in the workforce. In fact, men and women who had no children, women actually stayed in the workforce at a higher rate than men. Men and women with children under the age of five, women left the workforce at three times a higher rate. So it tells you how important childcare is uh, as we look at women staying in the workforce and continuing to grow their careers. And as we, you know, I know for the state, you also had to deal with a tough time, obviously, with the unemployment rates. And uh, so, I mean, you got to see this firsthand because usually Michigan is usually tip of the spear for the whole country because of the high level of manufacturing jobs in the state, too. And usually we get sort of hit disproportionately maybe than other states sometimes. And that must have been a huge challenge, right? Yeah, you know, Michigan is always one of the most exposed states to recession. It's a, a really exposed state to automation. So disruptions within the economy, whether it's a recessionary disruption, whether it's something like the electric vehicle disruption that we see within the auto industry, whether it's, you know, manufacturing being disrupted by automation, um, really hits us hard from a jobs perspective. Uh, and, and so, you know, I think we're second only to Indiana in terms of the number of businesses that are impacted in any recession over the last uh, few decades. So, you know, this, this was no, um, no change during COVID. We were very highly affected. And partially, uh, we were impacted uh, because manufacturing plants, you, you know, if they're shut down, you can't really uh, do that remotely. Um, you know, there's a lot of our economy that you have to be in person for. And for a period of time during, uh, you know, 2020 in particular, uh, people weren't able to go to work. You're listening to the Michigan Opportunity, featuring candid conversations with Michigan business leaders on what makes Michigan a leading state to live, work, and play. Listen to more episodes at michiganbusiness.org forward slash podcast. Is there any other 
interesting sort of like I know you guys put out a paper or a general letter not too long ago about economic development, along with economic development leaders from Michigan. Do you want to just kind of give the highlights of what you thought that was about? Yeah. So when you look at what our board is really focused on, making Michigan this top 10 state, they've really taken four areas where they say we need to be laser focused on doing systemic change and doing some short term change as well. So it's economic development uh, and and growth within the state. It's talent, it's business climate and it's equity. And, you know, for instance, on talent, we know that um, Michigan has an aging population. So in 10 years, we're going to have 100,000 fewer people who are working age. Um, We're also seeing a labor force participation rate. The number of people who are either employed or looking for a job, that percentage has decreased significantly over the last couple of decades. And Michigan is below average now, where it used to be a leading state um, on the number of people who are actually working. So we've got to figure out ways to get more people into the workforce. We need to make sure that they are actually able to do the jobs that are in demand. So things like K through 12 reform, you know, our state unfortunately is uh, in the bottom amongst outcomes for the K through 12 system. Um, you know, a top 10 state for K through 12 is investing two to $3,000 more per pupil in the classroom. And that means that we're probably three to $4 billion below where we should be every year. There's also issues with governance. There's issues with, you know, too many uh, of these um, maybe waste or costs in the system that we could hopefully get uh, out of the system as well. And then trying to implement the best practices that other states have done uh, around the country. So K-12 reform and trying to make sure that we support teachers and administrators, uh, that we make sure that there's an actual linkage to what's going to be in the workplace and in demand as a career at the end of that, um, you know, educational career someone goes through for, you know, potentially uh, 20 years uh, is really important. Um, So that's one of the top priorities that we have. Economic development is another one, right? Because we want to make sure that there are the jobs out there that are going to, uh, you know, increase people's incomes, support a healthy economy. And what we saw, I think, in the last few months were some some real concerns. Um, You know, the the Ford Motor Company announcement that they're going to Tennessee and Kentucky uh, with a new assembly plant for electrified uh, F-150 vehicles, Um, three battery plants, two in in Kentucky, one in Tennessee. Um, You know, there's a reason why uh, they went there. They chose there because Michigan right now is a little uncompetitive. Um, And our members would tell you this. And I think we, as you look at us compared to other states, um, we don't have the same incentives. We don't have the same toolbox of, uh, uh, you know, of really items that would make something more palatable or more attractive to come here. Um, We also don't have large site development that's been done um, on commercial and, you know, industrial sites. So Tennessee has been investing uh, and Kentucky have been investing in sites for five to 10 years. Tennessee had a, a massive, you know, miles wide site for Ford to uh, have a shovel ready. Michigan doesn't have those, those same sites available. Uh, and that's going to put us at a competitive disadvantage, amongst other things. Is there any other things you probably didn't mention that you see as trends or things Michigan beyond, say, talent and the things you just outlined? Is there anything else maybe that you think that we have opportunities for as a state? Yeah, there's there's lots of opportunities, but I think what we just got to make sure we do is we're pointed in the right direction and not trying to create something maybe from whole cloth. You know, if if you create an artificial market like on these movie tax credits, I know people, some people want to go back to that. 
I got to tell you, that is not something that's sustainable unless you have a tax credit in place. But if you look at where we have our competitive strengths and, and you know comparative advantages with the auto industry, with manufacturing, with research and development that happens here, uh, you know we have this incredible, incredible strength that we should be taking advantage of both to protect the jobs that we have right now, to help them transition from where they are today to what is likely gonna be a more automated and more uh, focus on production of electric vehicles. Um, so our OEM assembly plants, those suppliers, all need to make that transition. So we've got to help them make that transition. But then as we look at advanced mobility, there's going to be a lot of opportunities to take technologies that are on the vehicle now, or that perhaps are being developed in places like Israel or Silicon Valley and bring them into an, an automobile or, or bring them into a, a mobility platform that's yet to be developed. And it could be developed right here. So there's lots of opportunities for us to take advantage of. We've just got to invest smartly. And I think these federal stimulus dollars that we have out there uh, that people are trying to make decisions on is a real opportunity. We don't want to create unfunded mandates, but we can make one-time investments that make us more competitive, that accelerate some of this change, help people get more education, uh, and help us be able to, to land more of the jobs in the future. Well, that sort of blended into a little bit of my next question. You've had a pretty decent career, I would say, very successful, but... Um, if you could go back and talk to yourself or, you know, I'm sure, or a mid-career person, you already kind of touched on some of the mid-career stuff, but a little bit more. But um, what would you tell yourself to do this time? Uh, invest more in stocks. <laughs> <laughs> Next. <laughs> After that one. I, yeah. I, 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 Remember I, back to the future when they tried to get the sporting to bet on yeah, the Super Bowl. Exactly. Don't bet on Lions this year. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, no, I, uh, I think uh, uh, certainly I would tell you know, anybody who's coming up in, in a career or looking at a career um, in public service or, or just in life in general that you know, there's, there's do what makes or what brings you joy, do what makes your, you know, or has a positive impact on your community. If you can get both of those together, I think it's, it's the best possible outcome. I, you know, I always took what John Dingle told us, which is, you know, you do well by doing good. Uh, and, and that was sort of my mantra in life and how, what's guided me into various career decisions. Um, and I think at the end of the day, you know, it's a small world and um, don't burn bridges, right? Try to get, try to help people achieve their goals and you'll you'll you know find very quickly that uh, your life and your ability to achieve your goals becomes easier yeah that's uh exactly right i i think that that's a philosophy that you don't hear enough of but i think it's it's so critical to give some before you receive and then it pays off in dividends usually down the road um the uh, we're already at the end, actually, and uh, it didn't surprise me. I know it would go pretty fast, but the last thing, and I know this is hard because you represent an organization for this whole state, but uh, what do you like best about living in Michigan? I mean, I know you've been around the whole state, and uh, anything particular you like to go to, or what would you like if someone came to Michigan, where would you tell them to go? Gosh, I think I would I would tell them go to Lake Michigan, uh, you know, go to uh, Saugatuck or Grand Haven or one of those communities. 
go to Sleeping Bear Dunes, you know, beautiful places. I would tell them to go to, you know, a, a city like Grand Rapids or Detroit and experience the the energy, the vibrancy that are there. You know, I live in, in Detroit and I'm very fortunate to live very close to Belle Isle and uh, the new Joe Louis Greenway that's coming in, the Riverwalk. I mean, I love the fact that, uh, you know, they've invested in, in these types of, of placemaking activities and, and infrastructure uh, that really um, makes my community more beautiful, which which is great. Well, I want to thank again Jeff Donofrio, the President and Chief Executive Officer for the Business Leaders from Michigan. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking with you, Jeff, and we take we really take uh, advantage of having your organization in the state and keep doing good work for us and uh, look forward to seeing you in the future. Thanks very much, Ed. Appreciate it. The Michigan Opportunity is brought to you by the Michigan Economic Development Corporation. Join us and make your mark where it matters. Visit michiganbusiness.org forward slash radio to put your plans in motion.